Week three, Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said Oakland. Big important game for this Dolphin team, and I will talk about it why right now. What is up, Finn fans? Week three, jumping into this preview for the Miami Dolphins heading to Las Vegas to take on them Raiders. Like usual, we're going to go over the injury report. We're going, I'm going to talk about the five things the Dolphins need to do to beat the Raiders. Got a little tidbits here and there. I'm going to tell you what my prediction is of the game, and then I'm going to get to one of your comments of the day. So let's jump into this Mamma Jam, and let's go right into the injury report. And pop up the Dolphins. It's not that long. Right, Tua Tagovailoa, multiple fractured ribs, didn't participate, won't participate, won't play. Jesse Davis, knee injury limited both days, even though Thursday is kind of just a walkthrough, so it's more of like a prediction if they're going to play or not. Supposedly he should be a go. Jakeem Grant also limited. Supposedly he should be a go. And then Emmanuel Agua, Parker, and Preston Williams, full go. Then we pop up the Las Vegas Raiders. Theirs is a little bit longer. If Richie, Richie Incognito, Josh Jacobs, Dal. Deline Levitt, uh, Roderick Teamer, uh, and yeah, that's it. Didn't participate for the past two uh, days. And then you have Carl Nassib, uh, Darius Fillon, Jonathan Abrams. They were limited. Make sure I'm reading this right. No, sorry. Nick, not even going to pronounce that. Carl Nassib and Darius Fillon were limited. <clears throat> and then full participation for everyone else there now looking at the five things the miami dolphins have to do if they want to beat this las vegas raiders team which is coming off of very two very good games you know they're two and all right now coming off some very good games that big win monday night against the uh, ravens and then they beat the steelers big big games for them so these five things to me or specific a lot like i said last year some of you guys were like you're very you know vague and generic with your five things well this one i think is a little bit more specific right so get pressure is going to be my number one very vague doug yes but if you noticed what has happened the past two weeks even against mac jones and especially against josh allen if you go back and watch the film breakdown that i did on wednesday you will see how much time the opposing quarterback has the miami dolphins i think have gotten three sacks and they're one of the bottom teams in the NFL with getting sacks on, on the opposing quarterbacks. Bottom three, bottom four. They need to get more pressure on the quarterback, and they cannot let Der Derek Carr just do whatever he wants. That was one of the things that kind of hurt us last year was that one play where, you know, it should have been an offensive P.I., Derek Carr rolled out to his right, had enough time, sat there, waited for him to get open, threw the ball, touchdown on that long pass. So the Dolphins need to get pressure on him and consistent pressure on him. Don't let him have time to sit back there in the pocket because he will carve us up. Derek Carr is a good quarterback and sometimes overlooked. So that's my number one. Again, it's in no specific order, but the number one on my list is... Get pressure on Derek Carr. Get pressure on the quarterback. To me, the number two thing that the Dolphins need to do, they need to run the ball. They need to run the ball, and they need to keep Waller off the field. And it's so funny because a lot of times you focus on the quarterback of the opposing team. But for me, it's Waller. That man is just ridiculously good at the tight end position. And it doesn't matter how well you have him covered, he's going to he's gonna catch the ball. Kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit, but we need to run the ball. It helps with the blitzing. 
you know, if there's a constant blitz, you run to the other side kind of helps counteract the blitzing, especially when they have to then take, you know, be cautious of the run. And then all of a sudden you can start incorporating play action. That's where all of a sudden you're, the opposing defense takes that step forward when they think, oh, they're going to run it. Oh, no, they're not. And they have to backpedal. And then we have Fuller and we have all these other guys <clears throat> helping bust over the over the top. Get a run play going. Eat the clock up. Give the defense time to sit on the sideline. Take a breath. We saw some nice runs from Miles Gaskin uh, last week against the Bills. We saw some nice runs against with Miles Gaskin against the Patriots. Incorporate the run a little bit more. Run the ball. Take your time. Even though sometimes the hurry up works, but that was for Tua. Tua's not playing. You got Jacoby Brissett out there. Let it let it trickle in. Let it trickle in. My number three, and I, I was already kind of co- you know talking about it with my number two. We have to contain Darren Waller. He is the he leads the Raiders in uh, reception yards. They target him a ton. Last year he burnt us for a ton of yardage. We saw plays where Eric Rowe was in was there was literally in Waller's chest was in the right position to to defend him, and he's just a beast, and he just jumped up over him, and he caught the ball. We need to contain Waller, whether it's double cover him or whatever you know Flores can think of. To contain Waller is incredibly important and will help the Dolphins potentially win this game because if they can't stop him on defense, I don't know what this offense is going to do. And again, I will talk about that in a second. So contain Waller incredibly important for them to contain him and limit him they did it with stefan diggs he didn't have a lot of yardage he didn't have that big of a game they need to do that with waller my number four thing and speaking of waller and being the number one uh on the the raiders in reception yards do not overlook rugs he is the second on that team in reception yards he is very fast and he can burn you over the top if you're playing man press coverage so as much as we need to pay attention to Darren Waller, you can't forget about Ruggs and what he can do. So you need to, you know, double hit Waller, make sure, but also respect what Ruggs can do with his speed. And this is a lot of coinciding with my number one, which is you get pressure on the quarterback. Because if you get pressure on the quarterback and you make him uncomfortable, and you don't give him more than two, three seconds to throw the ball. Waller and Ruggs ain't getting open quick enough. And all of a sudden... Dolphins defense can start forcing some three and outs. So those are all incredibly important. And my number five and last thing the Miami Dolphins have to do if they want to win this game. And this should be obvious. And it should have been obvious for the past two weeks. But the Miami Dolphins have to protect the quarterback. I don't know what they plan on doing with offensive line. I don't know what for, you know, who's playing where, if they're kicking anyone to guard and guard back out to tackle. And I don't know what their plan is, but for the love of God, you have to protect the quarterback. We saw Jacoby Brissett get sacked four times. We saw Tua get sacked a bunch of times. We need to protect the quarterback. If you want to have, everyone wants these deep passes. Everyone wants these big, splashy, flashy passes where all of a sudden, you know, the Dolphins, oh, look at the Dolphins. They just scored a 45-yard touchdown pass. That's fantastic. It ain't going to happen if you drop back and you can't go through your progression. Everyone called to a one-read quarterback. If you went back and watched my film breakdown, I gave you multiple examples of him when he has time went through all of his reads and then checked down or went through his reads and bah, we, I, I, there's proof of it. But you call him a one-read quarterback because when he drops back and he looks at his one read, all of a sudden he's got pressure in his face. He needs to move out of the pocket. He needs to move and do what he needs to do. 
if you want to be successful on the offense, not only does the offensive line need to protect the quarterback, but kind of like a, a 5B, it kind of coincides with number two. We got to run the ball, but to run the ball, you need to give the lanes. So those are the five things that I think the Dolphins need to do to beat this Las Vegas Raiders team. Now, this is going to be a hard game. The Buffalo Bills game was a pivotal game in the season to kind of, if we go 2-0, and it kind of stamps, hey, here we are, you know, a lot of people overestimated us. Here we are now, blah, blah, blah. This game is kind of a pivotal show, you know, resilience. You got punched in the mouth hard by those Buffalo Bills, 35 nothing. You got your quarterback taken out by a horrible blocking by Jesse Davis. How are you going to respond? That's what this game is about. Are you going to sit with your tail in between your legs and kind of say, oh, we suck and our offensive line can't block for anything and we can't do anything and just lose? Or are you going to look at what's going on and, and realize, listen, with a worse team, we won. With a worse team, we did more. Pull yourself up and win this game. So again, this is a very pivotal game in really showing who you are. If, you, if the Bills game was showing you who you are and st stamping that who you are and where you're going in this division, this is the game that you show resilience. I looked at this this Raiders team and I was like there's certain aspects of it that what what can I what can I pinpoint? And for me when it came to my prediction of what is going on with um my you know my prediction of the scores or whatever, it came down to the trenches. It came down to the offensive line versus the Raiders' defensive line. The Raiders' defensive line was graded 87.7, first in the NFL, uh, and they only blitzed three times in two games. Three times in two games, and they were rated first in the NFL. When it came to you know Crosby and, and Gaku, who are their leading rushers, pass rushing uh, rushers, 38 and 26, Pressure six and five. So, and, and Crosby had thirty-eight pass rushes, six pressure, pressure rate of fifteen point eight percent, turnovers by pressure one, and his get off, his pass rush get off was point zero seven seconds. And when you look at Ngaku, it was uh, pass rushes. He had twenty-six pressure five, pressure rate nineteen point two percent. Turnover over pressure at one, and his get off rate was even quicker at a 0. 0.66 percent. Uh, second percent, second. I don't know what the heck's happening to my brain right now, but when you look at that, that's ridiculous. And that's like, <laughs> this is what the Dolphins are gonna have to deal with. And then you look at the offensive line 27.3 pass block grade versus the Buffalo Bills. Dead last in the NFL. The Miami Dolphins offensive line is ranked dead last in the NFL. Over the last 10 years, they started 46 different offensive linemen. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna repeat that one more time, and I'm just gonna let that sit in your brain for a second. Over the last 10 years, the Miami Dolphins have started 46 different offensive linemen. 46. The Dolphins offensive line is going to have a handful going up against Crosby and Gaku. And that is where my thought process on predicting this game is going, right? You have Jacoby Brissett starting and, you know, Jacoby Brissett has that, you know, he's been playing for a while, but Jacoby Brissett also 
isn't that great. Now, you might say, well, two is better, or two is not any better. There's a difference between Jacoby Brissett and Tua, right? Tua's been playing 12 games. I think it is 12, 11 games. And Jacoby Brissett's been in the league for a while. He has 11 and 19 and 30 career starts over five seasons. He's among the worst in QBRs, uh, yards per attempt in that time. Uh, and is the only quarterback with at least 25 starts completing under 60% of his passes. Percent average time to throw the last five seasons is 2.9 seconds, the fifth longest in the NFL. It led to him being pressured on 34% of his dropbacks, the sixth highest rate in the NFL since 2017. So again, do I think that Jacoby Brissett's going to be the reason we lose? No. But to say, you know, because I'm seeing a lot of people come in here and a lot of people comment that Jacoby Brissett is going to be the savior of this team. I hope so. I'm just telling you stats that I know of just so you guys aren't like, bruh, because it, I don't know, <laughs> to be honest with you. Jacoby Brissett, I'm hoping, comes out. And I've said this time and time again. I don't care who the quarterback is. I just want to win. I just want to win. Just beat the Raiders. Beat the Colts. We're probably going to lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but just win the games that you have somewhat of a chance to win. So this is my prediction of this game. Because a lot, you know, <clears throat> it's going to rely on one thing, and I talked about it a lot. It's the offensive line. So I'm going to give you two score predictions. But, Doug, pick a – that's what you're getting from me because I don't know. If the Miami Dolphins offensive line is good, is decent – Gives Brissett time to throw. I should add to the, to the top five things the Dolphins need to do. It'd be number six is catch the ball because the wide receivers are dropping them left and right. But can't use that as an excuse for Tua. Can't use that as an excuse for Jacoby Brissett. Um, <laughs> if the offensive line plays better, if the offensive line gives Jacoby Brissett time, if the offensive line allows somewhat of a run game, I think the Dolphins will win. I think if this offense can get going and let the defense rest, I think that the Dolphins will win this game. I think by a close margin, I think a 21-24 win, and I think the Dolphins will win. I got, you know, I'm expecting the comments. You're out of your mind, Raiders fans. You know, when I went on uh, some one of your guys' podcasts, I know you guys thought I was crazy by saying that. But if the Dolphins' offensive line can help this offense and can score points and eat the clock up and let the defense rest, I do think the Dolphins will win this game. 24-21 or like 24-20, I think it'll be a close game. That being said, to flip it, if the Dolphins offensive line plays like they did against the Buffalo Bills and the Raiders are just completely dominating and getting pressure and not letting Brissett do anything and we can't run the ball and it's you know the defense is consistently on the field after three and out, three and out, three and out, I think the Raiders will win this game and I think it'll be by at least 10. So I'll say like 17 to 27 or something like that. So this game really predicates on what the offensive line can do. Can it have a bounce back game? Can they pull their, you know, their jock straps up or whatever the saying is and fight and show that they all don't suck, but it's not really their fault because there's no veteran leadership on that offensive line. And I talked about that, I think, on Monday's video where I talked about the offensive line, the offensive woes and, and worries. They built this offensive line wrong, 100%, thousand million percent wrong. We need a veteran. You know, I wanted Lindsay, I wanted Thune. They did it wrong. So, again, 
It all predicates on the offensive line. They win this game if the offensive line helps and we get score points. We lose this game if we have another Bills fiasco and Dolphins can't do anything. So that is my prediction. Comment below if you're a Raiders fan. Don't overlook the Dolphins because I'm, I'm reading some comments. And some Raider fans think that this is going to be a blowout. It's going to be an easy win. I'm telling you in the NFL, and I'm not even saying it because I'm a Dolphin fan, but I'm saying in the NFL, never overlook a team. So comment below. What are some of the things you think you 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 guys need to do to beat the Dolphins? And if I missed some from the Dolphin fans, comment below. What did I miss that we need to do to beat this Raiders team? And I'm going to get to one of your guys' comments of the day. This comment comes from Jacob Bird, and he says, Are you concerned about Jalen Phillips' lack of production slash opportunities up to this point? That's a fantastic question because I've been getting it for the past two weeks. And if you go back and watch my Patriot film breakdown, I even point out some points where he was a second away from getting a sack. Just Mac Jones is really good at dumping the ball off. And there was times where he was getting chipped and double teamed by the Patriots uh, offensive line. That being said, a lot of people and a lot of fans in the NFL want that instant gratification from draft picks. And that's what causes some draft picks to either fail or some draft picks to do better in, L in other places, right? And then you're like, oh, well, why didn't they do well here? No one has patience anymore. Nobody has patience anymore. And that is a prime example, not only with Tua Tagovailoa, but with Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips, everyone wanted him to, you know, why did uh, Russo have two sacks? Because he played against one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. That's why he had two sacks. The whole defense, you know, they had, what, six sacks on the day? So if you look at that and you say, well, Russo had two sacks. Yeah, I would have had two sacks against this Dolphins off offensive line. But when you look at Phillips and that instant gratification and why isn't he doing this? Why isn't he doing that? I went back and I looked at four pass rushers slash DNs, whatever you want to call them. Three of them are Hall of Famers. One of them's going to be a Hall of Fame. And I looked at what their first year looked like because, again, that instant gratification that we want nowadays. Back in the day, you got like two, three years. Nowadays, it's you ain't doing nothing. You're gone. You're gone. We need to win. Uh, uh, no patience. Jason Taylor, right? Miami Dolphins. His first year with the Dolphins, he got five sacks. He didn't even play the full year. He was inactive for like three games. He got five sacks. Five sacks his first year. And look how Jason. Now, I'm not saying that Jalen Phillips is going to be or is like any of these players. I'm just giving you guys an example of the impatience. Jason Taylor had five sacks his first year. Five. Look at um, Michael Strahan. Michael Strahan had one sack his first year, his rookie year. One sack. Bruce Smith, one of the all-time greats, 6.5 sacks his first year. And J.J. Watt, still playing now. And, you know, like I said, probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Five and a half sacks his first year. So you look at those four guys, three Hall of Famers and one going to be Hall of Famer. They had about five sacks. And, you know, Strahan had one sack his rookie year. Take a deep breath. You know, Noig Benogany sucks. He doesn't suck, but it sucks that he isn't that instant success that everyone wanted, right? You look at Jeff Okuda that year. He didn't do well. He was the very first corner taken and a very early pick for the Lions. You know, Noe Benagini was the 30th pick. Corners, it takes a minute. It takes a minute to come into the NFL and do something. Look at Xavier Howard. It took him a minute. 
not making excuses for him because he ain't looking too swift. But there's that impatience that goes on with draft picks. And like I said, Phillips, why, why, where is he? Why isn't he doing this? If you watch the film, you see he's there. You see he gets in the backfield. You see that he is somewhat not productive, but somewhat getting there. It's just that the quarterbacks get rid of it. Like I'm telling you, go back and watch the Patriots film. If you have the time, go back and watch the Patriots film and watch Jalen Phillips. There were so many times where he was a half a second away from getting a sack. So many times. It was just that Mac Jones would dump it off, dump it off. And because we were letting them letting him get the underneath, dump it off, dump it off. So if you want that instant gratification, and that's what it seems like the NFL is now, it's not gonna work out for a lot of draft picks, uh, which sucks. But that's my re- response to, you know, where is he and what what is he doing? Let it happen. If he's going to be good, he's going to be good. If he's not, he's not. Let it happen. But, yeah, that's what I got for you guys today. I will see you guys on Sunday at 4.05. I think the game starts at 4.05, so I'll be live. I normally go live about 15 minutes beforehand, so about like 3.50 I'll be live. Uh, I'll see if I can muster together an intro video like I did the other two times. I don't know if. It warrants it, so we'll see. But other than that, guys, uh, comment below. Let me know what you guys think of the video, all that good stuff. But other than that, guys, I will see you Sunday. If news breaks, if Dolphins make a trade, because, you know, Collins supposedly, you know, the Lions are trying to get rid of him, and supposedly Dolphins are one of the guys who are reaching out. So if there is a Jamie Collins, that is, if there is a trade or something, I will make a video. But other than that, guys, I'll see you Sunday. But like usual, stay classy. Fins up.